Hi, this is Ronnie Ann Ryan, intuitive coach, and welcome to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. In this show, we'll talk about mystical methods, spiritual practices, and magic to grow spiritually, live well, and maybe find love. Open your heart, expand your mind, connect with spirit, and embrace the magic that is all around you. To learn more about intuitive coaching with me or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoy the show, please rate it or write a review and subscribe and share it with a friend. May good fortune come to all those who listen to the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast. And now, on with the show. On this episode of the Breathe, Love & Magic podcast, I'm speaking with Lisanne Valentin, actor, author, and amplifier. From Wall Street to red carpet, Lisanne is an empowered empath and a fifth-generation shaman in the corporate world and entertainment industry. With mindfulness at the forefront, she amplifies her clients' gifts with shamanic coaching for the world's empaths, creatives, leaders, and healers. Welcome, Lisanne. Hi, Ronnie. (laughs) Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Me too. (laughs) I am most curious about the shaman piece. I was introduced to shamanism such a long time ago. I hate to even say when. And I did the drumming and everything. And we did a circle where we asked a question. I think we were head to toe or something. I can't remember. But so what we did was we went to get the answer to the question from the person next to us. But we didn't know what the question was. We just were getting the answer. And it was the most amazing thing. It was so long ago before I was really into my gifts. As things are obviously clearer now, but everybody got the answer to the other person's question when we didn't know what the question was. Phenomenal. It was so much fun. So tell me about this fifth generation shaman. Exciting. It was um, really good. And I feel like it also lends to my belief that we're all capable of using our intuitive gifts and being channels and conduits in this way. So I think I love that you shared that, especially when you weren't so in tune with your gifts, because I think that's where a lot of the magic happens. But for me, I had a similar journey in terms of not necessarily being in tune with my gifts. It was more like rejecting my gifts. So we didn't use the word shaman in my family. I didn't even use the word energy healers. These are things that I came to understand later. So I'm Puerto Rican. And part of Puerto Rican culture is the indigenous Taino, Spanish from Spain, and a mix of other European that showed up on the island and African who were brought on the island pretty much as slaves. And everyone sort of mixed and we were all a result of that mix. But the traditions, especially for me, the indigenous traditions were passed along without like kind of defining them, right? Saying this is this, this is that, this is how you channel. It was just like Saturday. It was like Saturday, let's eat and there's going to be divination and there's going to be energy healing. I'm going to work with plants. And my, my mom was really good with the plants and her ha- healing with her hands. So with my grandfather, he was a diviner. He had super clear audience, like boom, like wow. he'd say, they're telling me in my ear, like Da-da-da-da. if you walked in his house, Ronnie, he'd be within seconds. He'd be like this, 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 and this about you. It was his wow. house. So like he was going to go in there. His, his mother was divined only for the family. And then the, where, where it started, the boy tío, which is the Taino word for shaman, was my two times great-grandmother. And she was renowned on the island for her healing. So that's where it comes from. But that word shaman didn't enter my life until first time it came in was in 06. And I was fascinated. And I said no to the call. Ah, Why is that? 
I was terrified. I initially, I was fascinated. I read this article, what is ayahuasca, Peru, rainforest. My body lit up and it was like, go, go, go. And I was like, girl, you are from Brooklyn. You have no business in a rainforest. <laughs> like I was like shutting it down, right? <laughs> and then what came after that was like this curiosity. Um, a movie came out called Yo Soy Boricua Paquetero Sepas. I'm Puerto Rican, just so you know, by Rosie Perez. And it was about our Taino heritage and a lot of the language that came from the indigenous Taino who are related to the Arawak. The healing modalities, I was like, my grandfather does that. Right. And so I started asking questions and then I started researching books. And then I found an author who studied those traditions. I said I was going to reach out and either I didn't or she didn't reply to the email. And I put it away in a, in a drawer and I was like, this is nonsense. I'm Catholic. Like, what are you doing? Put the drawer away. The second time the call came, it was not that quiet. It was a roar. <laughs> ah, what's that like? Like, what do you mean it was a roar? Explain. I heard a shaman on Clubhouse too, one in Hawaii, which they call themselves something different. Oh, and then, yeah. yeah, there you go. And then one that was, that's based in actually California. Did and you say on Clubhouse? On Clubhouse, the app, the audio app. Yeah, it yeah. Was, it was the height of the pandemic. It was okay, like I got the app, I got on it. I go, what is this radio weird thing? And I'm hearing them talk. And I was painting this house that we just moved into and my body went on fire like lit up. It's like electricity coming up from my feet to the top of my head. And I was going, what is happening? What are these people? I ran to the phone. I start looking at their faces. I start looking at their profiles. I want to talk. I don't because I'm like, I'm like shaking, right? For people that are listening, my hands are shaking and something about this. And it was like energy swooshing up and down my body. Mm -hmm. Lots of these initiations and mystical things started happening. I started seeking people out to get understanding. And then what happened was in alpha state, that state of mind where you're just connected to source, I got a call and it was an actual call. A shaman appeared and said, are you ready to answer the call in your life? Are you ready to become a shaman? And my heart said, yes. Like if you invited me to coffee, it was like, yes, like let's do that. I was so overjoyed. And then I shot up out of bed going, what did I say yes to? What does this mean? <laughs> and like from there, it was like skyrocketing. And let me tell you, I started trying to connect the dots to my heritage. Cause again, we didn't use that word when I understood, like I was bawling tears. I've been waiting for a call my whole life, a true call, Ronnie. I would thought I was going to be a nun. I was going to be a pastor, some type of reverend. Maybe I'm supposed to like speak on stage. I didn't know what it was, but none of it fit. When I said, yes, it was like, I don't know, level up in the Mario game, man. All right. Well, that's exciting. Yeah. Okay. So now you got the call and then what happened? endless waves of initiation. So lots of people I hear talk about their awakening or their cycle of awakening. Sure. Some people, for them, it can feel like at times like walking in a field of flowers and there's butterflies and unicorns and it's so beautiful and I'm awake now. Other people, it feels like you're jumping off a burning tower and you're like, which way am I going to die? Am I going to burn? Am I going to fall? It's like, yeah. how many cycles of death do I have to go through? And one of the biggest ones was in a dream. My, I was in a uh, surgery. I was on a table. Seven surgeons surrounded me. I heard the heart monitor going beep, beep, beep. And I heard also simulation on the top of the table and I'm laying here and I'm looking around and all of a sudden I felt this like, oh my God, the worst pain in my chest. I think I had ever felt in your dream, in my dream, I felt intense pain and I heard beep, the heart, my heart monitor gone and I couldn't breathe. I don't think I can take any more guys like to the seven surgeons. 
and they weren't facing me and they all turned around. And when the last one turned to face me, I shot up out of bed and I was gripping my chest. I'm like, is it my heart still there? I felt like it had been ripped out and I'm touching the bed. I'm like, I'm alive. Okay. And I started to cry and I was like, what was that? And then I heard in the center of my chest, which is where God roars within me or the divine or source or whatever language uh, resonates. I heard, I'm taking away your heart of stone and giving you a heart of flesh, which is a part of a Bible verse, but I'm not really good at coding the Bible. I'd be like this dude and That's that okay. guy, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really, I'm not really religious, but this came out and I was like, oh, and there were cycles of this initiation, this tearing apart, this, this happened so many times. I'm, I'm in meditation. My head's chopped off and a lotus flower appears. Like I, That's I got lovely. Shiva. Yeah. Shiva shock. Yeah. Decapitation <laughs> part of initiation, literally like spirit animals ripping me apart. And then one of the most profound what I love are the ones I super have no connection to. So anything with Hinduism, other religions, like the divine God was like, I'm going to give you everything from other religions. So you believe, because if I use your foundation, you will doubt. And that's exactly okay. how I would work. And so what happened was after the heart stopped, I remember in meditation, I'm laying down and a, a shaman appears and he starts coating my body in this yellow substance, putting it on me. And I'm just laying here. Then I start to feel like, I'm in a rainforest. I feel the wet soil underneath my back. I'm smelling different smells. And I'm like, this is the weirdest meditation I've ever had, right? Because again, I'm still kind of doubting. I'm like, this is weird. But I can't be making this up because I've never been in a rainforest, right? It's dusk and I get completely covered and he wraps me in these big palms. Then I wake up. And now I'm like researching, what is jelly substance? What is this? Nothing's coming up. I meet a shaman and I go, have this weird experience. Can you, do you know anything? Have you ever heard anything like this? She goes, that's called Nalparina. That's a shaman's armor. You were being initiated. Wow. Yeah. And so the proofs would come after when I needed them. But in the moment I could easily believe because this was, listen, I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. I had never seen a man coating anybody in type of jelly unless it was some type of film I shouldn't have been watching. <laughs> like this was not a thing, but I've had beautiful experiences like that, which thankfully shamans in my life have had physical experiences of that to yeah. validate the ether. Wow. I can say that I have not had anything quite like that. <laughs> I mean, I have had some experiences, you know, otherworldly things, or whatever, but I never had my heart ripped out or I was <laughs> never covered in a yellow jelly substance and wrapped in palm leaves. So those are truly unique, but it is so fascinating when stuff happens to you and you're like, what was that? What was the, if you don't mind me asking the most profound thing that happened to you, oh. if you want to share. I can't remember the most profound, like right now it's not coming off the top of my head, but the most recent one was became interested in the Akashic records. I've been doing past life readings for 30 years, but we didn't talk about Akashic records 30 years ago. Maybe Edgar Casey talked a little bit, but it, the Akashic record excitement started like 20 years ago, maybe. Linda Howe wrote one of the first books about how to open the records. So anyway, I, I've been doing this for a long time without opening the records or saying prayers or any of that other stuff. I had two other uh, women friends and went like, let's try this. And like, all right, let's say the prayer. What the heck? You know what? So we, we said the prayer and then we went into the records and I was surrounded by all those light sparkles. They were just zooming all around me and mm. they went all around my crown and whatever. I definitely had some kind of initiation, but my heart still stayed inside my body. Nobody ripped it out. So <laughs> not quite as dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> that's quite. beautiful but what you describe you know I saw that that seems like that's always around you if you don't mind me sharing I saw that after you came back looking from cough drops really mm -hmm. 
all around you. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's cool. I know mm-hmm. one of my favorite things to share with people is purple sparkles because I know it's so silly, but purple sparkles. What happened was I took Reiki and I was doing that. You know, I went through the whole series, but I took Reiki. I was doing a session on a friend. And when I was all done, it just came to me. I was standing at her head and she's laying on the table and I just sent purple sparkles down her body. And she went, what was that? I'm like, what do you mean? You felt that? (laughs) Yes. What was that? I'm like, purple sparkles. (laughs) She goes, oh my God, that was awesome. So I was cracking up. I'm like, okay. It's so funny because you just imagine these things in your head. You don't think they're real or anything's going to happen or whatever. And she immediately wanted to know what that was. So I'm into purple sparkles, whatever they are. I feel like they bring joy and happiness and magic. Yeah. Well, I think when you embrace your magic, you know that your words and your intentions create your reality. And it's always exciting when someone else is receiving that. And you're like, you yeah. manifested it into reality, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think evidence. that's so cool. Yeah. That's the evidence. Yeah. Thank you. You want to share something magical, that thing that you brought <laughs> into manifestation or a healing you did for somebody that really stood out? So sometimes I think even like on, on these growth journeys, right? Cause we're always in new cycles. Uh, especially those of us who are always into self-healing, like there's always something more to uncover. And so mm-hmm. The first thing I started doing, I felt like just listening to the intuition. And so like when I opened sacred space and how that looked, I started feeling like I would channel other shamans, not just like the shaman in my soul's journey and like another life that's very prevalent, but other shamans would show up for whatever the healing needed. And I would learn different modalities through them. And I'd be like this each time. This is weird. Like each time I'd go, this is, what is this? Right. And okay, then shut up, be here, you know? Yeah. Each time it's always something new, but what was surprising was I had a client. So I set my intention that like, I, I think I can really work with women. This is what I want to do. And like spirit was like men. <laughs> so like, it was like, really? men. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so the first man that came to me, he was very much a self-healing type of person, very intuitive. And so I always say the minute you work with a shaman, you sign up, their spirit's going to work. It's already happening before you meet them. And I remember that morning I was getting these downloads and I was like, can I have coffee? Like, seriously, can we pause? Like, I like to prep. I was talking to like, give me half an hour to wake up before you start telling me. I already knew what was going to happen in the session. I was surprised. I was like, okay. So we did it. And typically long time, I was afraid of myself. I chant, I channel, I'm speaking another language. It gets wild, right? Okay. I'm afraid the other person's going to freak out, right? But this time he told me he felt the separation between two hemispheres in his brain. Really? And I was like, yeah. And so I was like, so I'm going to, we're going to knit. And he was like, we're going to knit. I was like, we're going to knit. And we sat here and I worked on his energy through Zoom. He's in Australia. And he felt the energy that was connecting the two hemispheres in his brain. He's like, I feel that. I was like, are you okay? Breathe. And it wasn't painful, but he was like, what is that? I was like, this is what you asked for. And he felt it. And I wasn't in, I wasn't chanting. He wasn't laying down and like me, like doing my thing. We did that later. Session three, that did happen. But the first session from the jump, I was being showed like, you can do this energy work and be present with someone and be you without worry. And so that knitting thing was wild because I never felt like I could do that with someone who like, I didn't trust and know, like just a client who came to me. So that was wild and that he felt it, that he felt the, and I could still see it in my mind. If I remember like, it looked like gold, gold thread. 
just pulling the two hemispheres together that he could feel that on the other side of the screen. I too studied Reiki, but I don't talk about myself doing Reiki. I think people understand it. For me, I call it like this is divine energy coursing yeah. through me, right? Yeah. But I'm not using traditional Reiki things because I'm using shamanic tools and I know it feels different. So what Reiki people talk about is uh, it feels like he and they have very specific ways and it's beautiful. Not for me, man. Like someone might start feeling cold. It's like hot. It's like, I feel tingles. Oh my God. I feel like electricity. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. I'm just a straw. That's what's coming through for you. I think that Reiki is an attunement process. You know, you're going to be able to bring forth life force energy rather than use your own. Definitely opens up your intuitive abilities. 21 days after I did my Reiki one, they say, you know, that's when it really is all in, you know, the 21 day initiation period. And that's, I started to channel after because I've been doing the podcast now for a while. What I've learned is that there are two major paths. It doesn't mean everybody follows either one of these, but a lot of people come to their gifts through Reiki or yoga, you know, because the way people talk about things, even if they're having experience, they started with Reiki, they started with yoga. So it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, there, I may, I think there's something to that, what you're saying, because my mom would always do it. My grandfather did it. Like this was just part of our, we didn't call it that. I learned that through church, what that was called, mm-hmm. but my grandfather was just like hand on your forehead, like well, actually a nun taught me how to meditate when I was 15. That's and that's what, that's my first traveling. I went on a journey. It was my first time I, my spirit traveled that I remembered in an intentional way. We did a little bit of astral growing up. My mom was always like, careful, tell me to be careful with astral travel. But yoga helped me tap into my breath in a different way. And I started yoga in my 20s. For me, shaman is a word that just means one who knows. And what I know and what another shaman knows is going to be probably hugely different. Sure. And so the language you use for me, when I heard that there was a way to test who was engaging with me, I relaxed. I was like, oh, you can ask, who do you, do you serve unconditional love? The answer, yes. Boom. You can have a question. Cause for me, serving unconditional love means you are part of the divine army. Like you're, you're cool with me. Right. If they don't answer, I have the power to alchemize you into unconditional love and send you into the light. If that's my choice, I can also just send you away. You cannot be here. You must leave. So that has always been like my baseline. And so before I open sacred space, I call in who and what I want to engage with, which is always unconditional love. Now, does that mean dense energy can't hang out? What I mean by dense energy, other people call it negative or something dark. I say dense because it feels heavy. I don't like to give it the power of those other labels. I try not to anyway. And so what I get is information like burn peppercorn. When I I worked on a cancer patient and the first thing I was told was burn peppercorn. What the heck am I going to burn pepper? I don't know. I'm listening. Let me go get a pot. I'm going to put peppercorn and that's my sage, right? Yeah. And then I spoke to someone later and they're like, peppercorn is really good for burning out dense energies, especially if you're working on someone with cancer who is purging energetically. Um the root cause, the energetic cause of why they developed cancer in the first place. And this person had a, in their throat and their, this chakra was so blocked from not speaking their truth that this is where it developed. And so cancer is a tricky one. I don't, I don't like, that's not my, that's not my jam. It's not like I choose it. They come to me and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do my best with you. Let's see what we can do. But yeah, so it's a heavy energy. Sure. Actually, it was so heavy that I had a, a Mongolian shaman show up for me to help me with it. Wow. And I didn't know that till after. Cause I was drink, I acted like I was drinking a shot of whiskey or, or drink, some type of drink. I went like this, I, like, I spit it out and I'm like, 
but there was nothing in my hand. It was like the motions. I'm like, yes. do I just want to have a drink? Am I stressed? I, I didn't understand what this was. And I started searching Mongolian shamans will drink and spit out vodka for the spirits that they're calling in to help with the, whatever they're doing. And I was like, it's a thing. That's and fascinating. So, <laughs> yeah. But okay. So we burn things to aid us in the release of dense energy. Right. Sure. But sage will only work if you believe it works. Peppercorn's only going to work if I believe it works. If I believe that this does it, I believe this cup of water I'm drinking is holy water. And so it is, it is holy water, right? Your beliefs have everything to do with your reality. All right. So let's get really practical for a minute. Mm -hmm. What do you want the listeners to know? Like what's one or two things that they need to know that can help them move through energy or connect with the higher source, whatever you want to share with them that whatever you think as a shaman is Mm -hmm. most important for them to know. Just a couple of practical things would be awesome. Okay. When you want to get into a space where you want to believe what you're saying, the most practical thing that I can say is get grounded. So anchored in this moment, let go of anything that isn't yours. So release energy. And then you can use your words to alchemize or create your reality in a really beautiful way. So how do we do that? I like to ground with the breath. Some people like to get grounded when they go running. When they go barefoot in the park, in the grass, taking a shower totally gets you grounded because the beat of that water scientifically brings you into theta state, which is relaxing. Uh-huh. Right? So these are grounding tools using nature, but in a very practical way. Lighting a candle can set the mood or are you using fire to create alchemy? It's just a different word for the same thing. So get yes. really grounded. Whatever makes you feel centered in here. Yeah. Whatever tools make you feel like I'm totally present, use that. Release. I like to use my language to say, you know what? I let go of everything that does not serve my highest good. And I believe it. And I start using my imagination, like your purple sparkles. I will envision purple sparkles all over my body, releasing energy that does not belong to me and letting me feel like I'm in a state of peace. Now, how will that actually work? Because we have to learn about alchemy. When you use your words from a state of love, you create your reality. It works the other way too but let's focus on the, the, the love part, right? Okay. So think about someone you love or something. Some people imagine their dog or a child or like the most beautiful experience they can remember, their wedding, a walk on a beach, the best vacation they ever had, like anything that brought them joy, even as a kid, a train set I'm seeing. Breathe into the feeling of that joy. Remember it. Take it with you when you affirm to yourself, I am that or I am present or I am peace, or I am love, or I am here, and I am well, and I am well, and I am well. Whatever words you need, but anchoring into the love piece is what's going to help you create that reality. Our focus on negativity can alchemize so quickly, right? We jump to something negative. Like we believe it, it's there. Oh my God, the traffic, how dare they? Like the waiter, right? Except for using that same energy on love can shift your life, can shift your moment can get you feeling peace, even in the middle of chaos. That's what I say. Like when people say they want to be peaceful and I'm like, babe, what you're asking for is to be peace in the middle of war. A true warrior of peace can walk into the middle of chaos and shift the world around them because of the love that they anchor inside of them. And that's the goal. Anchor into love, play with nature. And that's how you open up your intuition with this play. That's how you open up more peace in your life. Play, play with your words, play with the love inside of you. That is the ultimate tool for alchemy. You don't need to do anything else other than be who you are and anchor into love. And I guarantee you, you're going to see more magic in your life.
And so you suggest anchor into love by feeling joy. Yeah, but that can be hard if you're not remembering moments of joy. But if you're in a really crappy time, which a lot of us can be and have been and still are, especially the pandemic, right? Yeah. How do you, how do you find that? Use your memory to remember a moment that you did feel it, that you did a spark of love. It could have been fleeting joy, a, looking at the stars, like something super simple Sure. where you breathe easy. That memory, when you anchor into that, meaning like you just keep it in your, in the forefront of your mind, when you use your words, right? I'm having a good day. I'm thankful to be here. That's the key to gratitude. That's the key to manifesting more of that in your life. Yeah. If you use your language in a careful way, anchoring into that feeling after a while, you won't need to hold that memory. You'll know it'll already be there. It's like you're training yourself to focus on the good. That's what I was getting was the training, like with anything that's repetitive, get it into your system so that it becomes easy with the snap of your fingers. You could recall that and experience that energy. So it's a muscle that you have to exercise. It's funny because a friend of mine and I, we do a lot of intuitive work together. We get together, we eat sushi and we ask about our lives. You know, we get messages Mm -hmm. for each other. We have fun. We laugh. So at one point we were like, during the pandemic, we're like, we're tired of this. We're exhausted. We were complaining and we're like, we need fun. We need something exciting. We need, give us something. (laughs) (laughs) We both heard the same thing, which we happens often. And then we crack up, spend more time feeling joy. We're like, come on, you know? Like, no, that's your homework. Spend more yeah. time feeling joy. So then we were doing this again recently and we were like, but we need to get in touch with something that will get us excited again. You know, we <sighs> want to be, we want to be excited again and see possibilities. How do we do that? They're like, same process. <laughs> yeah. You have to practice being excited. Find yeah. something every day that you can be excited about, whether it's understanding how a maple tree tree grows leaves or how the bees turn pollen into honey or how the ocean knows when to come in and go out or whatever it is, you know, you can connect through nature, but there's other ways and other things that you can feel excited about. It could be anything. It could be excited about getting to eat ice cream again. It doesn't matter. So we were both laughing like, oh good. Now we have to practice being excited, you know? So we were cracking up over that, but in essence, that's what you're saying. Yeah. 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 And it's as simple and as complex as that right? Because we over are humans, right? We overdo it. Overthink. We need like, I need the recipe and the instructions and the manual and the blueprint. And like, babe, you are the blueprint. Tap in, go in here first before you go out there. When I first was exposed to the Akashic, which they didn't call it that, the spirit called the book of life and open up a scroll and have me read it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what's this? No idea. But then when I started, it was like, I would expect that one thing would be said, and what was said sounded like the almost like a very general, but not general. It was like, like, and you are the peace within you. And it was like, I'm really trying to figure out like the instructions and you're telling me I am the peace. Like, this is not what I, you know, like a little yeah. whiny human, right? Yeah. And they give you these really big concepts because in essence, all the complications are not within this, our spirit life, right? Our spirit life totally gets why we're here, what we're doing. Yeah. And our human is all like, I don't know what to do. You know, like this, <laughs> we can be really feeble, but we can be super right. empowered if we connect our both. And, and joy is the way you connect that tapping into the way you were as a kid, God willing, you had a beautiful experience at some point in childhood, tapping into that joy and wonder 
that relaxation, that peace, that fun, that is the thing. And so like my feet in the sand, but the waves crashing up against mm. me is exciting and fun and immediately grounds me. I love the ocean for that. I love it. I love it. I love it. But you know, ocean like love can be fierce, right? Yes. And so yes. allow yourself to see the duality because we too are the duality. Good point. <laughs> I wish we could just go on and on because I'm having so much fun. <laughs> I love talking to you. It's and fun. I also, I like talking about the mystical, but also super practical because it doesn't have to be this elusive, scary thing. This, this tuning into yourself. We're so powerful. And if we can allow ourselves to just give ourselves a moment to, to feel that, that power that's in the shape of love, get more grounded, release all this stuff from the day, yeah. and then use our words to transform our lives, this life for everyone will be a far better place. Well, that's a beautiful place to end. Thank you so much, Lisanne. Now, do you have a freebie? Yeah, I have a, a relaxing shamanic journey. To help you, you release, yes, for your audience. Excellent. So I'll put that in the show notes. So make sure you look for that in the show notes so you can take advantage of that. Thank you so much for sharing your Thank magic you. today. Thank you for listening today. If you're curious about intuitive coaching or a past life reading, please visit breatheloveandmagic.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate it or write a review and subscribe to never miss an episode and share the magic with a friend. This is Ronnie and Ryan wishing you love and magic. Bye.